Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Psychor Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. We continue our product-focused episodes today on Psychor Discover and Psychor Search. Many of you know I am a search recommendations and search junkie, so I'm very excited to have Chris Janning on from the Psychor team. Chris is the Director of Commerce and Search Presales at Sitecore. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jonathan. Happy to be here. Yep, it's great to have you. So for the audience, let's just uh, start off by telling a little bit more about your role um, and a little bit more background about yourself. Sure, happy to. So I head up the presales team for uh, Commerce and Search, uh, which fills out with Order Cloud, uh, Discover, and now Sitecore Search, drive strategy, demonstrations, I work with sales, uh, future vision, et cetera. Uh, been in search for a long time. I started with Indeca back in 2006. Uh, spent some time at uh, Salesforce, back at Oracle Commerce for a little while, a company called Yoda, which improves website performance. And then I joined on with uh, Reflection just about two years ago and then was shortly acquired thereafter by Sitecore. So that's what brings me here today. Awesome. Yeah. Very, very diverse background. And you've been around this space and especially search for a very long time going back to Indeca. So very cool background and uh, not surprised to see you in the position you're in today. So that's great. You know, I think uh, with a lot of these acquisitions, one of the first things I like to start off with these episodes is talking a little bit about the origin story, something you and I have talked a little bit about. So, you know, with the acquisition of Reflection, how about let's just start out with a little bit of, you know, what is Psychor Discover and what is Psychor Search in general? So what attracted me to uh, reflection was the way that they look at search and they don't put search as the focal point. So for many years, they went all the way back to 2005, you hear about search platforms where it ultimately started with keyword search and commerce capabilities, recommendations, uh, additional functionality was ultimately built on top of a search engine. So search was always the, the foundation. What attracted me about uh, reflection was they started with a user profile and the user profile is actually based on the Google user model. So it's the user model that basically sits underneath Gmail, uh, sits underneath AdWords, sits underneath Google. So it's what makes Google Google. Now our company founder worked at Google for many years. He was employee number 108. And one of the projects he worked on was how to make the user model more efficient and ultimately better by involving AI. And so many of the projects that, he was working on was uh, indeed this. And then he was working with customers and partners out the field and uh, talking about what he was doing. And, um, and oddly enough, he met with the uh, founder of Indeca and, and Steve told him to put this at the heart of a commerce platform. So make the commerce experience all about uh, a user profile. And so why, you know, I, I tend not to lead with searches because we started out as a recommendation engine. Recommendation engine sits on top of that user profile. You get more relevant recommendations. And then they added search because keyword search has been a solved problem since uh, God, the 1990s. So that's what was attractive is that they were putting more of the user at the focal point of the user experience by paying attention to what that user is doing and ultimately the behavior on the site. Very cool. Yeah. So again, Reflection kind of started off more in the e-commerce space um, around the recommendations and then a little bit diving into search. Let's talk a little bit more about the one-to-one -one user interactions because a lot of these tools do perform a little bit differently, have different technologies behind the scenes. Let's unpack that one-to-one -one a little bit more because a lot of these searches 
are just kind of doing aggregates of like, hey, here's what other people searched for or clicked on, but not necessarily down to the user level. What more can you tell us about kind of that, you know, individual user uh, profile? Yeah, so the importance of that profile is what, what I like to call the viewport fantasy. It's when you do a search from any device, the first four to eight products, first four to eight results, we all anticipate, we all hope that that's what we're looking for. Whether or not it's going to be a commerce engine on a, on a commerce site, whether or not it's going to be uh, you know, a Google uh, search as well. We expect that, that first page is going to solve what we're looking for, but many times it doesn't. And especially on a commerce site, you know, those first four to eight products uh, can often be uh, misused space, uh, wasted space because it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, apply to you just yet. The user profile is based on a scorecard. So as you're browsing through the site, uh, behavioral events are being persisted to your, your user profile. So if I look at a product, uh, if I add to cart, if I perform a search. Now, what's unique about that is that every product you view has attributes that are associated with it. So, you know, the category, the brand, the color, the material, the price, uh, those are all attributes. Now, we call those affinities in our world because those affinities are then persisted to your user profile real time. So if I keep looking at, let's say, Nike and the shoe category, First, I'm going to have an affinity affinity value of Nike for brand. I'm going to have an affinity value of shoe for product category. But if I if I look at Adidas, then I'm going to get a numeric value for Nike and then a numeric value for Adidas based on the frequency of those products. So every single click, those affinity scores are applied to your profile, and they continually update with every browse or every path you take through the site. Yeah, I think that's extremely important differentiation, especially when you're browsing an e-commerce site, maybe more in the B2C world, but that has different types of products, especially if you might be you know, searching for yourself versus maybe searching for a loved one, you might be searching for very differing type of things. So the importance of each click kind of adjusting what those recommendations are is extremely important. So that's a good differentiation. And one more thing to add to that is that when you make a query to the engine, it basically consults the user profile on the way back. So that's one reason why reflection was created when it was created, 2012 to 2015 range, because processors couldn't handle that many hops. So instead of just doing you know, one query, what you're also doing is not only performing a search query, but you're looking at the user profile and making the changes real time as well. So it's doing a lot of computations along the way that takes a step above and beyond the standard search, because before anything is returned, your profile is consulted and ultimately those results are then modified. So that's how the viewport fantasy is solved is by modifying those results that come back so that those first four to eight products are more in line with your browse behavior because of what it found in your user profile. That's great. And it's not just based off search, it's based off clicks and other actions throughout the experience. That's great to hear. I work with a few clients that use Sitecore Discover. So tying it back to the product side a little bit more, you know, if someone were to investigate Discover, or maybe a need arises for Discover, what are all the components that are offered? I know we have, you know, the, the traditional search bar where I can type in a phrase or keyword. I'm getting those recommendations back. I have maybe a global search page. I know you guys also offer landing pages and product recommendations. What are what are some other things I may have uh, missed there as far as the product offering from the user experience? So it's it's anything that's going to be needed to drive the, the user experience for commerce and now ultimately search as well. Yeah. So you, you nailed the, the, the no-brainers. You've got your, your type ahead capabilities, uh, your look ahead, that's called preview search. What's included in that is gonna be, did you mean, 
uh, thesaurus. It matches on product categories. It matches on products. It brings back images. It's extremely fast. Now that sits on top of your user profile. Full page search, your faster navigation, your filtering, your sorting, your search results, those all sit on top of the user profile. The product recommendations you mentioned as well. And then there's you know, hundreds of different ways that you can configure the product recommendations. And those are what are called recipes. And that's where you get really into uh, the machine learning as far as the types of data sets and, and the different combinations of products that are being created for every single product in the catalog. And the engine is updating those data sets every eight hours. So it's always churning out new data based on what events are coming in and, and potentially even changes to the catalog. So those are the three that you always expect in a, you know, from a this type of an engine. But then what else, other pieces that drive the experience are gonna be category or landing pages, um, SEO, uh, meta tag generation. Uh, so we're obviously pulling in all of your, your categories. We can create SEO meta tags on the fly, uh, product listing pages, uh, also SEO benefits. Um, you know, we have customers out there that are generating hundreds upon hundreds of additional URLs, clean, nicely formatted SEO friendly URLs that take you to the long tail of the product catalog. Simple visual things like banner image, image placement, content placement, uh, HTML blocks for different types of headers. One additional piece is Bopus, so buy online, pick up in store. Yep. Uh, the engine moves very quickly. So in the case of Big Lots, we're actually managing their inventory in every single one of their stores. So this allows you to then filter based on, show me all you know, chips that are in my zip code or in my preferred store and that can be delivered tomorrow or available today. Um, so Bopus is also another module which is often overlooked, but all of those, I think there's about eight, on the email recommendations uh, as the last one is that, is that you basically um, uh, copy paste a couple of different lines of logic into uh, at any ESP and then it'll maintain your product recommendations from the site uh, since you last browsed. So there's about eight or nine modules that are included and they all work together. And the way that I mean that they work together is they also on top of that user profile. It's at the heart of every single one of those. Yeah, and that user profile is one of the key, we'll say, market or competitive advantages you guys have over, over the marketplace, which is really great to see. I do want to talk about Psychor Search here in a second, but before I do, let's stick on Discover, then we'll switch over uh, to Search. On the Discover side, you know, without naming customers, you mentioned Big Lots. Um, are there any other unique use cases or examples of someone else really kind of taking advantage of the Discover side of the platform at the moment that really kind of resonates or comes to mind? There's a, there's a few um, that I, I typically like to show. Um, so the first is Petco, pet site, obviously. Um, and what they're doing is, is unique with the user profile. So I, I mentioned that you, know, you can use any attribute or affinity to determine personalization on a site. So what, what is ultimately gonna drive that relevancy? What they're using is the attribute of pet type. So 80% of their customers have only one pet. So as soon as I go to the site and I browse, let's say dog food, or I do a, br a broad search on food and I look at a bag of dog food, immediately after I look at that first bag, it persists the pet that that applies to. And then going forward, that's gonna be applied to my user profile. So that's a, a, a good example of being able to customize your personalization or configure your personalization preferences based on your business type. In this case, it was based on pet type. Uh, another uh, site that I like shows Reeves. Um, their search box in terms of preview search uh, is extremely strong. You can put in multi-word queries uh, very easily. Um, it, it does what we call a pivot after about three clicks. And the pivot is when you see the relevancy take over. 
So if I keep looking at watches, that preview search is gonna, is gonna change basically after three clicks. Uh, so it's not just my product recommendations where you're gonna become more relevant, but even that type of capabilities, uh, they're gonna update um, uh, very quickly as well. So um, Big Lots, uh, Petco and Reads are, are my go-to examples for some of the best uses of, of the platform today. That's awesome. And you know, another piece of the platform we haven't talked a whole lot about that I do wanna to touch briefly on is analytics because analytics are really at the forefront of most marketers or uh, decision makers. So what can uh, someone expect as far as the analytics capabilities with Discover at the moment? Yeah, you mentioned my broad background and I did spend <laughs> some time in uh, BI. Uh, Indec had a BI offering and uh, ClipView also as well. And so I, I, I put a lot of importance on uh, data-driven decisions, uh, especially for marketers. Um, you yeah. know, what, what, are, what are my users doing and how can I better update the site and make changes to the site based on that user engagement. So quickly react to what my users are doing. What I like about our analytics is that they're complementary, complementary to a, a Google Analytics. Yeah. So we obviously keep track of the simple things, page views, sessions, uh, even conversion rate. But what is unique about ours is that we're looking at the ROI and discover and ultimately search. How are people engaging with those different modules? I've got, let's say 12 different recommendations on the site. What's our, my most uh, my best performing recommendation? What's, am I, which one am I seeing the most product use? Um, we also have a unique metric called DPR, direct purchase revenue. And this is a great way to measure is personalization working? We often get that question. I don't know if personalization is working. And you never will because what's personal to you is not personal to me. So you'll never know. But the best way that we could look at that is through DPR. And what that does is it, if a product is, is exposed to you, let's say in a product recommendation. So I go to Reads, I see a watch in my product recommendations. I add to cart and I purchase that product within one session. That's considered to be DPR. So the amount of revenue and ultimately the percentage of my revenue that uh, accounts for is a DPR transaction because Discover is taking credit for surfacing that product. And it's doing so within that one session. Um, so it's all about that real-time shopper intent. Uh, you, you put the more relevant products in front of a user in a particular session, the more likely he or she is going to buy. Very cool. Going back to a little bit earlier, we did talk about the origin of Sitecore Discover. So let's turn our attention a little bit to Sitecore Search. So on a lot of our minds, you know, a new product offering from Sitecore. But with that said, Sitecore Search is based off reflection in this Sitecore Discover engine that's very tried and true and very proven. So Chris, just maybe speak a little bit about the dawn of Sitecore Search, kind of the core capabilities that it's been released with and kind of how you see this as a game changer for Sitecore. Yep. Sitecore Search was, the conversation about it started within minutes after the acquisition was announced. So it's the first thing that the product team was basically tasked to do was drop everything and let's now get content working the way that it's working for products. Now, what I love about what uh, Rui and team did is they, instead of basically taking the, the existing Discover engine and expanding, let's say, to a new entity type, saying, okay, this is now a content entity inside this engine. Uh, we're going to be able to search larger bodies of text. Uh, we can open up PDFs. Instead of adding that support to the current engine, what they did is they, they, they took a step back and said, what if we had a chance to do reflection all over again? What would we change? And they completely rebooted the platform. Um, so many architectural and, and just overall infrastructure uh, changes were made. And the net result is that we obviously now have the exact same user profile driven personalization. So it's the same user profile, but now we're looking at things as being an article 
basically what we call an article versus a product entity. So we know it's a piece of content versus we know it's a product. And that's very important for how things are going to look in the future as well. But also benefit is that the platform is now twice as fast as Discover. Reflection was already cooking because it's powering so many large B2C retailers. You have to be fast. Or the SLA 200 milliseconds or less with every query, with every API call that's, that's made. This is now twice as fast. And it actually ingests content in terms of pulling content in 20 times as fast as the previous platform did. So uh, many exciting things ahead for not only search because of these changes, but ultimately Discover, because Discover will be on the same infrastructure here shortly as well. That's awesome. And you know, with Sitecore Search, and especially in the composable world, you know, there are, I will say, similar type of tools that are on the market, a little bit different capabilities. I'll just mention a few, right? We have Coveo, we have Algolia, amongst a few others. What are some primary differentiators for Sitecore Search? I mean, if you if you look at both websites, all those websites together, we look basically the same on the surface. And so the best way, and so and we and we can certainly talk about feature function. Um, there's a lot of similarities there as well. You know, query suggestions, type ahead, product recommendations, contact recommendations. What is the most important piece is that user profile. We focus on user relevancy versus all legacy search platforms are more focused on the term or the query. So if I search for shoes or Nike shoes, it's more it's looking more at how those words are stored and ultimately found inside the index. How are they related together? How many? How often um, are they, they, they found? How many different records are, are they on? Um, and then also tying in wisdom of the crowd. So you know, if, if a certain product is being purchased more often, that, that should be higher relevancy. And now in some cases that could drive default relevancy, but that doesn't necessarily apply to the individual. So it's really all about the, the user profile that we focus on primarily to influence the, the relevancy versus actually trying to figure out the relevancy of the term itself. Great. Yeah, and then we, we've had a very nice sneak peek at Sitecore Search and actually have quite a few implementations already underway. And to your point, Chris, very impressive platform so far, especially you know being a relatively, I won't say late arrival, but you guys have definitely just released it within the past six months. So everything you mentioned, you know, it has this entire business optimization center as well. So people can actually kind of make their own business rules around things like Boostberry, things like that. So, um, and it's an own analytics suite as well. So very impressive so far. I mean, a great start and a great product release. I'm going to ask the same question about search um, as I did about Discover. I know, again, being relatively new to the market, you know, what are, are there any great customer use cases or anyone that's using the product really well so far um, with Sitecore Search? Sitecore.com. So you can go there today. You can use uh, the product. It's been live there since October. And what I, I love about that as our kind of our, our flagship and our initial implementation is the content that sits in on Sitecore.com. Um, it, it's, it's across multiple product lines now. And those product lines all share similar terms like composable, <laughs> uh, content, headless. Every single product that, that, that Sitecore now offers those words could be mentioned in the, in, the, in the same sentence. And oddly enough, the search logs reflect that that's what people are searching for. People will go to Sitecore.com and simply search for composable. You'll, you'll get so many results. Your viewport fantasy is an all-time high. Um, you search for commerce. What do you mean by head, what do you mean by commerce? Is it composable, headless, replatforming, social, voice, B2B? You know, there's so many different things. So 
on a site like Sitecore, it's important that the engine understands the semantic meaning of your search term. And the semantic meaning can only defi be defined by an individual by paying attention to their browse behavior. So as soon as you start clicking around on a particular page on, on Sitecore.com, personalization kicks in faster than it does on a commerce site. We are immediately looking at the words that are found in the title, uh, the type of content that you're browsing, uh, and then changing the relevancy very quickly. So if I go there and I search for composable, I'll get a very generic result set. But then if I look at some content on com commerce and then go back to composable, suddenly my result set is all about composable commerce. So it's an excellent um, uh, implementation because it has large bodies of text uh, across a really broad data set. I think that's really cool. Kind of put your money where your mouth is, right? You're deploying this product on your own website, which is obviously very important for you all driving business and revenue. So that's a really good example there. Definitely. So I usually close these out by diving a little bit deeper into roadmap. And of course, I always preface, I understand there's only so much you guys can share, but I'm going to put you on the spot anyway. So let's break these into two, Sitecore Discover and Sitecore Search. Let's start with Sitecore Discover. What can you tell us about the roadmap um, for 2023 and even beyond? So we are, well, another thing I like about what the team there is doing is that we, we're continuing to narrow down on the commerce use case. So an example would be that we have what are called entities. Now, a product is an entity, a, an article is an entity. But what we're doing is we're, we're, we're expanding to custom entities, more specifically categories. A product category should not just be considered text. That is a, a collection of objects. So instead of just adding that as text on a particular product, treat it as an entity. So what that allows you to do is create category recommendations. You may also like this category, um, seeing personalization changes based on your categories. That's the first thing in terms of narrowing down on commerce. Um, the second one is uh, we're gonna be more tightly coupled with order cloud. Um, now, both products are gonna continue to be composable. You can still implement Discover with any commerce platform. You can still implement order cloud without Discover, but we are going to have um, uh, a tighter coupling uh, with the two, uh, in particular when it comes to the product catalog import. So the catalog in order cloud is extremely flexible and the uh, catalog inside of Discover has a schema. So for us to create that pre-built integration is gonna save a lot of time for existing customers in terms of getting their schema right, especially when they're using both order cloud and Discover together. So that's Discover. Um, search is content recommendations are coming out here shortly, like within the next week. And um, the product team is super excited about content recommendations because they feel like that's an often overlooked use case in the content world and content search. So these are, if you think about product recommendations on a commerce site, you have so many different variations. Customers also view, customers also bought, customers also um, added to carts, uh, you may also like, et cetera. So we come up with dozens of different combinations. We're gonna have the same approach inside content you may also like, customers also view, customers also download it, but we also are gonna have a question and answer algorithm to where you're able to ask questions of the search box and the search box knows it's a question and it's gonna respond with potential answers. And this is, I mean, this is all an algorithm that handles this for you. You don't do any type of intervention as far as getting this question and answer combination. There's an algorithm that we're now using that's gonna come up with these question and answer pairs, which makes it a really cool knowledge management application. Uh, in terms of integrations, uh, will be uh, integrated with XM Cloud. So XM Cloud will have a pre-built uh, integration, which allows you to basically connect Sitecore Search directly to uh, the content repository for XM Cloud. Really appreciate you sharing that. And just so the audience knows, um, you mentioned coming out 
content recommendations next week. That would be around mid-February. So when you listen to this, um, you'll likely already have it or it will already be out. So definitely something worth checking out. Chris, just want to say I really appreciate your time and doing this with us. Really appreciate you joining us at the Water Cooler today. I look forward to further collaborating with you in the future. And as always, we hope to have you back on the Water Cooler again soon. Anytime, John. This is my pleasure, man. Thanks again to Chris Janning from Sitecore for joining us today on the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Sitecore. I'm your host, John Price, and until next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Sitecore Water Cooler Podcast today wherever you find your podcast. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger. <laughs>